You're listening to Touch the Line Podcast. Touch the Line Podcast. Focused on leadership, culture, and building a team. Here's your host, Evan Silver. All right, welcome to Touch the Line Podcast. I'm excited. Well, I say that like every episode. I'm excited. I genuinely am excited. Today, we have my good friend, Tim Guida, who is a State Farm agent. But uh, more important, he's a friend of mine that I met at New Spring Church when I was uh, when I was on staff there. He was one of the volunteers, and in leadership, leading volunteers is one of the hard. If you can lead volunteers, you can lead anything because you like herding cats. Yeah, and you can't you can't you you can't entice them with money. Um, it's highly, highly frowned upon in church world. Uh, but uh, we met there and we still keep in contact to this day. We meet probably every two to four months and we get coffee or lunch and talk about life. And you have, I'd love for you just to give a quick uh, snapshot of how you came to State Farm and leadership is like a high priority in your life. So that's really how our friendship just shifted over like talking about leadership and culture and building a team. So that's why I wanted to bring you on here. So thanks so much for being on Touch the Line podcast. Man, I'm excited. I, I appreciate the, the chance to sit down. But uh, yeah, so I got into to State Farm. is actually kind of a, a whirlwind of, of decisions. If anybody knows anything about where I came from, I rented cars for six years and then all the way through sales to um, heck med device sales. But I uh, had a good buddy that was a, that was a State Farm agent. He was like, we... We need to talk about this. Um, and I was kind of, I'd been spending the last couple of years a lot in, in, like you talked about with leadership and learning you know, how to do it better. Obviously, I think when you become a dad, you want to lead better. And um, two, so I think there was a push there, but a lot, I spent a lot of time in cars, a lot of time reading books and listening to podcasts, not reading and driving. Don't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, just the desire to build something for obviously for for me and my kids and my family to create one, obviously create a lifestyle and to and to earn. Um, but also, I think we like we already discussed a little bit ago. But uh, I walked into my dad's office every single every single day, and I saw him lead a team every single week. I saw him lead a team, and uh, which you know his. His, his tribe mentality of just with love and and fun and you know they got to know me growing up and and I wanted my kids to see that too so this is something we could build we could help people which is the biggest thing provide a service for the community and and yeah lead a team to to gosh one of my one of my all-time favorite things to be able to do is see somebody realize a dream one that maybe they didn't know they had or two uh, help them to do more than they ever thought they could um, and so that's one of the big reasons we're here yeah and you mentioned being a dad. How do you not like you have twins? How do you not just throw that in there? If I had twins, I'd be like, Hey, I'm a dad of twins of twins. There's that (laughs) asterisk. just like double duty. Well, see, and it was that way, but then your friends started having like three and four kids. It's like, all right, I'm out. I did did the two. Yeah. I'm not. No, I don't. We're done with the two and they were, yeah, they're eight. They live in life. I grew right up with a babysitter. I grew up uh, only child. So having two kids, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much. Uh, but what we're going to talk about later is really why I wanted to bring you on the podcast, talking about the word tribe. Um, I brought a question to you uh, last time we met and you heard, we'll get to that in a second, but I want to yeah. know like just like leadership and culture in your office, how do you display leadership and how do you build a culture? Tell us, give us like an inside look at your agency. 
Sure. So my number one thing that, that, that I hire for is culture. Uh, I want people who want to walk in this door every day and love and, and love to be here. We've all walked into a place and, and punched our pillow every morning and thought, I do not want to go to work today. Um, and it's not saying that every day is going to be the best day, but like you genuinely like the people you go and you work with, you like what you do. That was that's what I hire for first because I can teach you a lot of things, but I can't teach you to be part of it to be a part of the culture. So we we work hard every day, and that's something that we do. Um, but as a leader, it's my job to lead by example. So I'm not going to ask them to do anything that I wouldn't do. Uh, so dealing with problems, that's one of the things I do on a daily basis. I'm going to take the trash out. I'm not going to ask you to take the trash out and me not do it. Um, you know, so I think working hard right alongside lead by example, do the job. No one wants to do be willing to, to pick up that phone call when the caller ID says somebody that you don't necessarily want to talk to, uh, be willing to do that and just, and really invest in the team weekly is the biggest thing too. So one of the pod, one of the things that I had been working on was having one-on-ones and funny enough, one of the podcasts that, that you did a couple of months ago. Um, but really spending time diving deep into one on weekly one-on-ones, not just talking about performance, but also talking about personal lives. Um, another thing we talk about is being visible and being valuable. Um, don't just walk out of my office and, and distract everybody. I do, but be valuable during that time. Um, ask everybody, you know, daily checkups. Hey, how can I help? What can I do for you? Be a servant, which I think is something you talk about a lot too, is, um, you know, if, if they've got stuff to scan in or busy work and needs to be done, be willing to serve and, and take things off of their plate. Um, don't let it run your day but get your stuff done. But that was big. Uh, and then we talked about, uh, I mean, this is one one too. just your, your vibe attacks your tribe, uh, um, attracts your tribe. Isn't I talked to one of my other team members about, and I thought that was huge. Of like, you know, when you celebrate wins and, uh, you have accomplishments and you hold people accountable and, uh, you attract the people that are common to those things. And when you're doing that and you're rewarding, but also have good conversations and really invest in your team and daily and weekly, then you bring good people in. And that's kind of what we want to do is, is if I know I can take care of my team and they're going to take care of my customers and then everybody's going to win. Yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned one-on-ones. What did you, before you listened to the episode on one-on-ones, were you doing one-on-ones differently yeah. before then? Yes. a lot. Come, tell me a little so, bit of what you did before and then the change and how do you did it afterwards? And did you see a change in your culture? Oh yeah. So, um, we did, uh, kind of monthly one-on-ones, maybe it wasn't like at the top of, it wasn't at the top of my list. Like it was, my job was like, Hey, how, like it got to the point where it's just perform, 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 perform. We got to sell, we got to do what we have to do. Um, but then it just, something changed is like, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but you know, 2021 kind of hit me with a, you know, 2020, I was like, yeah, we're going to thrive through this. And then 2021 happened, excuse me. And, and I kind of, took the foot off the gas and kind of sat back and then punched me in the face um, in a lot of different ways. But so my one-on-ones were like very performance-based. They weren't, Hey, come in, like sit down. Let's talk about you first. Let's see how you're doing all those types of things. It was very much like, all right, so this is what you did. Why are we here? We need to be here whatever that looks like very performance-based. And I wasn't checking in um, weekly with just who they were as a person you know, one of the great questions that I love that you, that you ask. And then I now ask is, Hey, scale of one to 10, how are you? Um, if you're a one and we're going to coach you to try to be, to get to a two at least. And if right. you're a 10, like awesome, then I'm going to dive in and we're going to really dig and, and find some good pieces. Um, but I really feel like I have more of a pulse of what's going on in my business without touching hand, without having my hand everywhere, but also I get a chance to figure out how they are personally, what's going on in their life. And, um, 
and how things are going, but also like where they want to get better. Like, you know, I asked the question every, before I finished everyone is what can I do for you? How can I make your day better today? Um, and I feel like that's been a help of like, Hey, well, I can help this or I need some training on this or like, what would you say here or anything like that? So that's been a huge help. So weekly one-on-ones have been a, a game changer for our office uh, when it comes to instituting the right things. Yeah. That one to 10, what's it's so powerful because you meet them where they are because mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm, I'm at a 10 most of the time. So if, if that person's at a four and I'm trying to bring them to a 10, it, it doesn't come off very smoothly <laughs> and they actually <laughs> well, go from a four to probably a two. I think there's an awareness too there of like, when you do want to get them up to, you know, a, a five or an eight or whatever that is, because I think probably the most common number I hear is like seven and a half, eight, which is pretty good. But every now and then you come in and it's a four, like being able to have the awareness to say, okay, where do I need to go? And not just being able to trick yourself into thinking, okay, how do I get them a little higher? But actually being able to know what that means when they do give you that number, I think is having that awareness is, is important. Yeah. And that last question, what can I do to serve you? We, we asked that in every one-on-one. Uh, what can we do for you? That will change the culture because if someone's having a problem or an issue with something, you're giving them an opportunity to bring that to you at least once a month. If you know, you always want to create that culture of, Hey, you can come in the office. You can call me at any point. I mean, we're on the phone call with someone last night, um, right at close to 10 o'clock with one of our staff members. And yeah. I, I want to, I want to keep that door open of like, you can call me at any time you can, you know, if it's has to do personally or professionally. So I love that you're creating that uh, culture right there in the office. What what have you learned recently in leadership or in building a team? Cause I I know you're a student of the game um, and have to be. Yeah. And, you know, you learn something, you're just like, oh my gosh, this is really great. You know, that's why I started this podcast is interviewing great people like you and things that I've learned and just giving that out because we, all we've learned is from our mistakes or from other leaders that we've taken like, oh, you made that mistake. Let me learn that. So I don't, yeah. So what have you learned recently? Gosh, there's been a lot like, and uh, like we talked, I, I used to do a lot of reading and I'm trying to get back into it. So, but recently it's, um, I listened to it. I listened to obviously I'm unapologetically huge Clemson fan. So I listened to pretty much anything, um, Davos being in too. And so we actually, funny, I shared a podcast with you that he was on and you had already listened to it. But, um, one of the things that you hear him say going forever is the best of standard. And so I was sitting down with another agent a couple of weeks ago who I consider a great leader. Um, and I said, Hey, what are you doing differently? Like, how are you making this work? Um, and he was actually able to kind of dig into me a little bit. But, and what I realized is that you can't have the best can't be standard if you don't have a standard. Um, and so creating that standard inside of the office again, uh, was big, but what I learned throughout and I sat down with each team member, one as a team, and then two with each team member and said, this is what we're doing going forward. And these are the standards is that they, they expect and they respect when the standards put into place. Right. Nobody wants to walk in the door and just willy-nilly come do whatever I want. Because one, they're never going to be successful. You're never going to be successful. And so the the team, the tribe doesn't win. Um, so they expect and they respect that. Um, so just listening to a lot of those podcasts, but also a lot of my aha moments lately have just become with sitting down with other great leaders. Um, but expectations equal to the standards that you that you put in place. Um, and then sometimes it's just 
simple enough as just making the next right decision, making sure that when you're sitting down and something comes your way that you make that right decision. Um, and then, you know, giving and empowering your team a little bit to make that. I think, heck, we are sitting at coffee. Um, I don't even know if you if, if this was an aha moment for you, but uh, when you guys said it to me, it was uh, pastor walked in. I'm sorry, I, I forgot his name. But we sat and we stood there and talked to him for a few minutes. And um, you said one of the things that he always did to you is, what do you think? How do you think you should do that? And so freeing them up to make those decisions, um, but also learning that, hey, when you put the standard in place and you have that, um, you have that mentality of what the standards are and, and you put a script out there, you're not creating robots, you're creating a process for how that's going to work and, and how your team can do right by your customers. And, and then everybody wins. And so since I instituted that, probably reinstituted, I guess, about a month ago, um, after just a rocky start to 2021, we've just, I mean, taken off the, the culture is just, you know, we're having a great time. People love being here again. Um, and it's just, it's been really good since I did that. That was a big aha moment for me. Um, and then just the growing where you're growing, where you're planted, um, all those types of things. But, um, being, if you're the smartest person in the room, find another room, right? So, yeah. uh, spending time with, with other leaders that you think are better being open-minded and letting them dig into you a little bit, you know, being, don't, don't let your, you got to leave your, um, sorry, I can't find the word, but you got to leave your, your pride outside and, and come in with the opportunity of being open to learn new things. Yeah. I was a uh, part of a company and a couple of years ago, I was at their staff retreat and I was completely. I was a rookie. I was completely new. And I went around and asked people, Hey, I'm new. Give me some advice. I got such great, valuable advice of people that were years ahead of me. Um, and what that company was. And I was like, man, I need to do this in life in general, you know, like, Hey, it's so true. Like, yeah. What if, what if, what have you learned doing owning a salon or a company for 20, 30, 40 years? What's some advice you could give me? And, and I the best time is a lot of times those leaders, I feel like will ask you questions about yourself too. And, and really kind of help you self-analyze a little bit and get to know yourself a little better. I mean, when I started this thing, I sat down with close to 20 plus agents that were all really good in different aspects and said, okay, what do you do? Well, how can I use that? going down and kind of build processes out of it. When you get into the, you know, into the daily grind and you're running as fast as you can and doing all the things that you're, that you're doing, then you kind of lose track of that a little bit. So not letting that go, I think was, is a huge part to just development and personal development in general. Last week we were having coffee and I brought a, a question to you that it's been in my mind. And I said, with our, our staff, our employees, which we don't use the word employees, but from a government standpoint, yeah. that's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we use, for tax purposes. We've used <laughs> the word team. This is my team um, mm-hmm. to this is our family. And I kind of struggle because I'm like, I don't like the word team. I would love for you to dissect that a little bit. And I don't like the sure. word family. And you, you texted me like, what two days later and said, Hey, two days here, later, I'll here, tell you the story about that here's too. a word. So kind of dissect like that conversation and how you came yeah. about. Cause I use team member a lot. And then when I'm interviewing and I'm, and I'm trying to, to recruit, bring people in, like I, I use the word family a lot. I feel like everybody does, but then when you start really start to dig, it's like neither one of those really, really do well. Like team is just so finite. Like it's, um, I mean, heck even in the NCAA nowadays, like, uh, 
teams change all the time. They change mid-season, right? You've got people that are being dropped and let go or um, wanting out of contracts, free agencies, uh, transfer portals, any kind of conflict. And somebody's just willing to run to somewhere else and just and find that grass is greener mentality. So, you know, a little bit of conflict and it's just, it's just too easy to leave. And I feel like the team is just so, it's every single year it's going to turn over. And especially us as business owners, we don't want that turnover. Like we don't want to spend the money to recruit more people and, and all this. Plus nobody gets a, a sense of, uh, of that mentality, that kind of tribe that we're going to get into. But like, um, but it's just too easy to come and go. Like, it's just too many variables, money, uh, visions of work-life balance or grass is greener mentality. I'm going to take my talents elsewhere, whatever that looks like. Right. So um, it's just too temporary. And then family is almost too permanent. Right. So you can't get rid of family. It's blood. It's never going anywhere. Everybody's got the weird uncle Al that you're going to see it at uh you know the cookouts and the holidays and you might not talk to him as much but you're still going to see him all the time and so like you can't excommunicate family if someone if some if at any point in a business owner or a leader or manager you got to drop the gavel you can't do that on on family um they're always part of it and so i, I think with that it's just too permanent uh, and also family has different ideas everybody has the you know the the one the one family that goes off the reservation and does their own thing and everybody thinks that that's not their way, but then they're going to do it their way. Like just families don't always run in the same direction. And so that's why we kind of came up. I was sitting down with two that night, two days later, sitting down with my neighbor, who's a great leader at a local university. His name's Josh. And um, we were talking through it and having a good conversation about it. And we're kind of like, and we both said, we're tribe. Like that's such a great word for it. And it's kind of hokey. And uh, I think it's over, I think in certain aspects, it can be overutilized what we talked about, but it just does such a great job. Um, because a tribe has similar goals, similar beliefs, um, similar motivations. Uh, they're they have they want the same final outcome. They're all moving in the same direction with the same ideas and the same thought process. Not that not that they can't get creative or bring new ideas in, but they're just they want the same for each other. They tend to get to know each other more than just a basic family can. Um, they win and lose together as a team, uh, but they don't just leave when they figure out they can win somewhere else better when they have that thought. Right. Um, they know the most about each other. Like I said, they have the, the same leader. There's one chief, there's kind of ranks inside of it, but um, everybody's going to follow that leader that has the ability to cast a vision, I think is one big thing that a leader needs to. But um, if one falls out of the tribe, they can, they can move on with a good conversation with the leader or other people inside of that tribe. Um, or if they really need, if they're just fighting against culture and fighting against tribe, then they, they can be excommunicated. Hey, you're gone. It's not the best situation ever, but you know, life happens. Um, tribe members don't tend to give two weeks notices, which is big. And one of the first things I say to all my people is like, look, I don't ever want you to give a two weeks notice. If you have, if you feel like you need to leave for any reason, whether it's just, you're not enjoying what you do every day, you're not having fun. That could be a me problem. Let's sit down and talk about that, you know, and we can either help you realize that you do like what you do and you love being here and we can do that together. Or, Hey, maybe I can help foster you into a new position somewhere else, but I can help find you the right places. And you don't hear leaders or bosses or, uh, or jobs. We've all left that job. But as soon as you put your two weeks notice and they walk you out the door and they never talk to you again. Um, and they kind of blacklist you from everything else. You can never go back. Well, you never want to be that. I, I never want to be that guy. Yeah. And so I feel like tribe does a good job of kind of bringing in that, Hey, they have to have good leadership but they're running the same direction. Um, but at any point there could be some fluidity there, but the goal is to keep them long-term. And I just think that 
you know, help, help those people find their best yes. And they, you can do it inside of your organization. I think tribe does a great job of describing that. <laughs> I mean, you just, you described that so well, and that was really oh, how that came about. Cause you're right. Family, you, you can't, you can't let family go. You know, they're still a part right? of the family. And then teams, you're right. They change constantly. How many people get drafted to the NFL and stay with that team? I bet the percentage is so low. I mean, Super you, low. I mean, the greatest player of all time, Tom Brady, love him or hate him, he's playing for a different team now. And I'm like, right? the Patriots let that guy go? What were you guys thinking? Right. Uh, he was. He embodied that franchise. We're like, there's team. there are people that you're drafted and then you're out before you even play game one. Yeah. So I mean, teams are, it's just so easy. And especially like, I mean, even in college, they can go wherever they want to now. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's very, um, like you said, it's very finite. It changes. So you don't want to bring someone into your organization. It's like, well, a year from now, it might be completely different. You might not be here. You know, it's just, uh, I love the tribe. I feel like with tribe, you have, you have values, you have standards, you have leadership, and this is what we're doing. If you don't want to be a part of this, that's completely fine. But a tribe yeah. is more of bought in inward um, focused on the tribe because, you know, with with family, I think, like you said, we all have family that just lags behind. You can't really excommunicate them or be like, hey, like you're not really pulling your weight. So you're not going to bear our last yeah. name anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We're like, yes, you got to change your last name. But no, we we do a lot of like you celebrate life together with the tribe too, right? Like one of the number one of the, my favorite questions that I that I heard on another podcast that I ask in every interview is, uh, "Hey, if we meet together twelve years or twelve months from now, so exactly one year from today, not work related, it could be whatever it is, but if we meet together twelve months from now with a bottle of champagne, what are we celebrating and why?" Ooh. And so we get a chance to like. And so if you go in my office, I've got five bottles of champagne above, you know, hanging on, sitting on a shelf that like when somebody hits that goal that we pop the bottle of champagne that day after work or whatever that looks like. And so like tribe celebrates together. Um, and I completely stole that from someone else, but it's a wonderful idea. Well, I'm like. stealing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah, feel free to, but no, like I, just, I feel like it just embodies such a better word. Man, that that's such a good, um, like just a, a really good nugget. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners right now going champagne. Right? <laughs> we talked about you being a, a student of leadership, like, man, what, what drives you? Like, how do you stay motivated? Like owning a business, you've got a, a great wife, you got um, great kids, you got twins. Like, how do you, everybody talks about work-life balance. And then you throw in like developing yourself. I think a lot of people forget about us learning, like if you're listening to this podcast right now, this is what you're doing. You are listening to a podcast to hopefully make yourself better. You know, this isn't, I mean, I guess it is entertainment, but like there's a lot funnier podcasts out there. Um, Just DM me. I'll send them to you. But (laughs) but, I'll send you a lot of better people than me to listen to. (laughs) Yeah. So you have so many things going on. How do you, how do you lock yourself down to still develop yourself? Uh, yeah, like I think, and you know, I'm going to kind of go back to, if you don't mind, I'm going to oh, you're good. talk a little bit about my, my 2021 year and like how I fell out of that and what happened a little bit. So, um, but to start, like you've got to, I learned early on that you have to be a constantly learning. Um, 
uh, just whether it's podcasts, conversations you have with other people, apply which apply what you learn in, in little phases. And there's a lot to go into there. But it, if you're not, so if you go to to Jeff Bezos, one of the things he says is, is day one mentality, right? Um, and many you're not in day one mentality anymore. Then next comes stasis and you know decline. Your company dies, and so you learn that early on. But um, coming into 2021, it kind of rounded as we we did great in 2020 and better than we should have. Like it was it was good. But then I caught COVID end of like right into Christmas, um, and I was like, that's nah, fine. I'll I'll be all right. Be back to work in two weeks. No, like I ended up spending six to five or six days in the hospital. Like. It was just, it was bad. And I ended up being out of my own office for a month. And if, if anybody ever had COVID to a serious degree, like you lose all motivation. You just become like, you don't want to do anything. I sat and watched movie after movie after movie in the hospital. It was, it was terrible. Emotionally, it was awful. Um, but it was just really rough. And then I came out and immediately excommunicated somebody from the tribe for things that were not culture wise. They just, they had, they weren't a fit anymore. I had to let them go. Um, I made some changes that weren't necessarily the wrong changes. Those were on me. And I've since, to be honest, apologized to my team about it, but um, I had a big customer come in and uh, we did some great things and they didn't recognize them down the road. And that kind of scared me and, uh, and kind of hurt my drive a little bit. And so it was uh, became the last five months from January to, to May were just really tough. And so uh, maybe, maybe April ish, but I kind of got back into that learning. And so really listening to podcasts, getting great, uh, recommendations from other people, I think was, was a big part too, but learning that you're never going to become better just by saying who you are. Um, not that who you are, isn't good enough and we can get into theology and all that kind of stuff with that. But it, um, it just, it, you, there's gotta be a driving focus there. And so, um, what you learn when you want to become better and become better for the people that are surrounding you, spend time reading books and, and, and listening to podcasts, but then talking with other people, like, you know, you, I'm super competitive. So for me, it was, I had to figure out what we were doing wrong at some point. And then, and that's where the conversations with other better leaders came in. Um, but kind of a, a big driving force for me, like what I had to do is I had to find balance in my life. I had to find, you know, and you talk about work-life balance and again, I don't necessarily think that's always a thing, but um, mentally and physically, I had to find myself and, and dive back in, but I had to get back into learning, back into leading, back into physical health. Um but kind of figuring out uh, when I've kind of had an aha moment with these things is I get to walk into my office every single day um, and I get to be part of, of something that that's bigger than me. But also I get to see people that that are tribe members that work here um, that come to work every single day. I get to train them. I get to I got a guy that's leaving at the end of the month, become a business owner. Um, I got a um, somebody that people that just want to be better salespeople through training and teaching and, you know, life experience. I've had two people in the last two years be able to buy houses because of the income they're making here. Um, I've had two people have babies and grow their families and, and just seeing those things happen is just, it, it's life changing. They get to do that while they're here working for Tim guy at state farm. Right. Um, so if I don't come in and do my hardest work every day, then I sell them short. Uh, because I'm wasting their time. I'm not giving them the guy that I sold them that, that I was, but also I waste time away from my kids and wife, which is big to me. Um, you know, spending time, my goal is to now try to leave one day a week early to at least spend time with my kids and, and enjoy my boys a little bit more. Um, and I know it sounds like everything you've heard in everything other podcasts before, but it's totally true. Like if we don't put our best into everything we do, um, we don't get a chance to, to motivate others to do the same thing. And, 
and we sell our customers short, we sell ourselves short, we sell our family short, and we sell our, our tribe members short. And so I think that's been a, a huge drive for me just to get back to that learning piece. I think you keep saying like, oh, I know we've heard this before. It's those things we got to be reminded of, especially when it comes to family yeah. and and work and things like that. Because there might be somebody listening to this right now going, you know what? Because they might say, oh, yeah, family is important. Family is important. Family is important. And then their wife actually comes to them and says, I believe you put more. Because my wife said this to me. She said, yeah, um, I wish you put as much energy as you with your team at work as you uh, wish you I got that one a couple. Yeah, ago. I wish you would put as much energy as you do with your team at work into our family. And I was like, yeah. she said it in the most caring way, but I was like, oh my gosh, it sticks like a dagger. Yeah. So started. I didn't mean to interrupt, but a quick story about that. I started doing these one on ones uh, a couple of months ago, right? And for anybody who doesn't know, my wife works for me as my service person, and I get more compliments out of out of people talking about her than out of anybody else, including myself. Um, but she's awesome at what she does. And I never sat down and had a one-on-one because we were just going to go home. She goes, I wish you'd do one of those one-on-ones with me. And so we sat down and was kind of walking through the questions at the house. And I was kind of like in, in her, inside of me, I was like, ha, oh, what a jerk. Like I have to lead these people every day. And I think I go, I've kind of come off and everybody's heard like men have so many words per day. Women have so many words per day. And I kind of let myself believe that that was a thing. And, and then I would go home and I'd just sit quietly and do my thing and kind of, play with the boys a little bit, but, um, I, you've got to give the best there too. And that was, uh, that was a huge, excuse me. That was a huge aha moment for me of like, wow, I'm selfish to wrap this up. I got two things. I got some questions. Um, the guy that yes. came in, uh, when we were having coffee was David Hall on staff at new spring. And he said this, and I mentioned this in the uh, earlier episode that when you're at work, you have a leadership hat. When you come home, You've got to take that hat off and put on another leadership hat of father and husband or whatever Mm -hmm. the role is in your family. And you can't, you can't forget that's the most important hat you're wearing. And a lot of times we get it backwards and it's usually until a conversation happens. We're like, Oh, okay. I got these backwards. And John Maxwell says this, everything worthwhile is uphill. So you were talking Awesome. Yeah, you were talking about like you're not just gonna drift toward being the best. Like everything, and it's true. Think right now, what is something that's worthwhile that's not uphill? It's all uphill, and it takes yeah. discipline to get there. I've got some um, very important questions to ask you, and you don't even know I'm asking. Yes, this. Um, no, I don't, but love it. What's your favorite artist or band you would love to see live? Oh gosh, um, I think. So I will say Garth Brooks is my favorite ever amazing showman. I've seen him like five times. I would go see him every single time, uh, but I would love to go see uh, Chris Stapleton. I haven't, I just haven't been able to, to get out to see him. And I just heard he puts on an amazing show. I'm not a country music fan, but God, I love Chris Stapleton. He was just down town Greenville and <laughs> I totally missed it. I'm like I'm too cheap though. It's like, they want like 140 bucks a ticket yeah. and then fees and nah. <laughs> <laughs> then you got to park and walk. I just want him to like come into my living room and play. Yeah. Can I, I'll hold a backyard concert. That's fine. All right. What was the best movie or show that you watched when you had COVID? Oh God. You remember so the one that I can remember both. Of them. <laughs> well, there was one specifically. Um, so I got like, I'm a big Marvel uh, superhero fan and I can't wait till my kids are old enough so I can enjoy them in chronological order with them. Um, 
I sat down when I talk about, I had time and I was not driven to do anything. Uh, I sat down back to back and watched the most memorable one was I watched infinity war and then end game back to back. It was like seven hours of movie. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting in a hospital bed. I wouldn't, but I, I don't know anything about superheroes. Um, we like, I think the last superhero movie I watched was maybe Spider Man of like early 2000, 2001. Oh, the old Tobey Maguire, yeah. Spider-Man. And so, I got a lot of I got a lot of catching up to do, <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you, you got a son now, man? Come on, yeah. What do you uh, what do you do to relax? We we try to just enjoy ourselves like at home. I try to be a homebody because so much like one just to, to go out to eat or anything else like that is just super expensive these days, but um, really just sit at home and, and just enjoy the company of family, I think is, and then we just picked up another dog this on Monday. So, um, so now we got two dogs. So like this weekend, we just kind of hung out and go to the pool and, and just relax as family. I think that's, that's big. And then obviously I'm, I'm getting into, I'm trying to get into a little bit more reading and stuff like that. So I started, um, you know, we talked about learning from other people and taking other people's cues and, uh, having better conversations. I think, one of the things you talked about, I always hated the Enneagram. So that's the book I'm reading right now, though, because I was like, this is stupid. This is, they can game these things. And then I talked to my buddy Craig and he's, he told me about this book. And then I listened to your Enneagram podcast. And I was like, man, that's, I got to read this thing now. So really just uh, reading and then just hanging out, finding a good TV show and sitting on the couch, yeah. being honest, give myself some mindless time. We have, I feel like we live the same life because I'm like, that's me. <laughs> other than, you know, I like to fish, but other than that, we have like the same life. All right. Here's the most important question. Are the Cleveland Browns winning the Super Bowl next year? Oh, here we go. See, I feel like if I say yes, then I'm going to like, I feel like if I say yes, like I'm just going to build myself up. What you don't realize as a Browns fan is every single year, even the year that we went 0-16, every single year you kind of get this, you get this well up of hope that um, that it's just as like, you're, you're ready that you're ready to see it happen. It's like being a Carolina Gamecock fan. Yeah, but oh man. <laughs> That's a different level. I don't know. So are they winning it or not? How far are they going? We can document this. It's July uh, 6th. I'll, I'll, I'll give us AFC North champions. Oh, so okay. I think that I think we'll win the AFC North. I think we just did a lot to to improve to get better. Um I just it's like uh, but it's this thing. If, if you've ever seen this video, go on YouTube and look up Factory of Sadness. It's this guy that like from a long time ago. It kind of give you what it's like to be a to be a Browns fan. It's he sits there and curses the stadium. It's clean. He doesn't cuss or anything, but um, he just, he's standing outside the stadium and he's like yelling at it. And he turns around and he goes, the last thing he says, you are a factory of sadness. <laughs> he turns around and walk away and he goes, I'll see you next week. <laughs> That's kind of what it's like to be Browns fan. So, but now I, I think we'll win the AFC North. I think we got some good things. We've got some good pieces going. So document it here first. Yeah. I mean, I never thought I'd see the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns in the NBA finals, but you know, they're there. So the Browns could make okay. it as well. So uh, thanks so much for being on the episode and carving out time to uh, chat with me and for our listeners. You're doing a, you're doing an amazing thing where you're at. And so I can't wait to, to see you 12 months from now. We can open up that bottle of champagne. Right. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I have, I have a, uh, I enjoyed it. Talk to you soon. See you, man. Thanks for listening to Touch the Line Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel wherever you're listening.